This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. City Councilor Norm Kelly is likely best known for his reputation as the sixth dad for his fervent advocacy on behalf of the City of Toronto, both in social media and in real life. And he's lending his credibility to a cause very close to him. And May marks the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Lusitania. Kim Itzo wrote a historical novel about the doomed characters on board the cruise ship, but her real-life great-grandfather was one of the passengers. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The new president-elect of France says misogyny and homophobia are to blame for assumptions that he couldn't be in love with his wife, who is 24 years his senior. 39-year-old Emmanuel Macron told Le Parisien that's why there's been speculation about his sexuality and what he described as parallel lives. He said that if he were 20 years older than his wife, no one would question it. Macron met Brigitte Trogneux, when he was 15 years old and married her 15 years later. The 64-year-old was by his side constantly during the election. There is yet another study showing that volunteering is great for your health. A University of Calgary professor tracked a 1,000 Swedish citizens who retired in 2010 for five years, monitoring them for the development of cognitive problems. Those who volunteered in their community on a regular basis were two and a half times less likely to be diagnosed with dementia. However, only the regular volunteer group saw this benefit. Those who volunteered sporadically still saw more instances of reported dementia than those in the active group. James Patterson may be one of the best-known current authors of fiction, but he might be a little overshadowed in his next project. The best-selling author is teaming up with former U.S. President Bill Clinton to publish a novel called The President is Missing, due out in June 2018. Details of the plot are sketchy right now, but the publisher calls it a unique amalgam of intrigue, suspense, and behind-the-scenes global drama that will be informed by insider details that only a president can know. An upcoming biography on Canadian singer-songwriter Gordon Lightfoot promises to give us a better understanding of the 78-year-old Zoomer legend. If you could read my mind, love Lightfoot by music journalist Nicholas Jennings is due out this fall. The book will include input from family, friends, other music icons, and industry insiders. It's a spring tradition for many teenagers across Canada now, but not everyone has had the opportunity to go to their school prom. But 
This week, some grade nine students in Ottawa gave some Zoomers a chance to relive their youth. The director at Arn Prior Villa Nursing Home in Ottawa said many of the residents had approached her about the idea of a spring prom. So they teamed up with students from Arn Prior High School to make it happen. The students taking a business course at the school set up the senior prom, organizing the decorations, music, and food. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. He is a Twitter superstar with more than half a million followers, and his appeal spans generations and crosses the border. Zoomers came to know Toronto City Councillor Norm Kelly when he stepped in as de facto mayor while Rob Ford was dealing with addiction. Millennials began following him after hip-hop star Drake did. They know him as the Six Dad. Now, Norm, as he is known on social media, is throwing his considerable cred behind the upcoming Basel Ride for Heart. He dropped by the studio to tell me about his very personal reasons for doing that. My personal reasons is that um, there have been four deaths in my family as a result of heart disease. My father first, uh, at 65, retired and a few months later died suddenly, unexpectedly. That used to be the story so often people retired and then they died. Uh, And he had never been in a hospital a day in his life, had never been sick uh, a day in his life. And one day he said to my mom, you know, I'm not feeling that well. Could you drive me to the hospital? She thought that was really an unusual request. She drove him to the hospital. This is in Scarborough, dropped him off at the door parked the car. When she came back, she learned that he had uh, died uh, of a heart attack. How awful. Yeah. Um, That was followed uh, uh, within the decade of my mother's passing uh, in a senior's home. Um, She was dressing for the morning, and they found her uh, early in the afternoon beside her bed. And how old was she? She was 75. Not very old these days. You're older than that now. That's right. And 75 is generally taken by the medical world as sort of the standard that before 75, you should be living a relatively healthy life. And a few years after that, a sister died from heart disease. So she had contracted it or had suffered from it years earlier. And it just slowly and inevitably wore her down and finally took her life. And how old was she? In her late 70s, 77, 78. But she had this affliction at least for a decade or a decade and a half. Uh, and then finally, a brother uh, in his early 80s uh, passed uh, of heart disease uh, in his sleep. So uh, with, I'm that sorry. Much, with that much activity, I have to tell you, I look after my heart. Some heart disease is genetic. Is that the case with your family? Well, it would appear that way, and uh, my family physician uh, makes sure that I have regular tests every year, uh, and because of that apparent predisposition to uh, heart disease, she placed me under the care of a prominent heart specialist uh, in uh, Toronto, and uh, on a daily basis, I take Crestor and a baby aspirin. Because you're presumably at high risk, and you look uh, extremely fit. You're not overweight. You, I'm assuming you don't smoke. No. 
what's the message you want to tell people about heart disease? Well, um, you know, the research works. Over the past 60 years, for example, the death rate from heart disease and stroke has declined by more than 75%. So bad news, good news. The bad news is it's the leading cause of death and disability. The good news is that we are bringing that fatality and disability rate down very quickly and very dramatically. Now, you are, if I'm reading correctly, 76 years old. So I am. You are older than both of your parents were when they passed yes. away. Uh, does that make you nervous? At times it does. Uh, it was very close to Christmas when I had a presentation of pain uh, in my arms that I had never had before. And I knew from... Uh, just general knowledge that a heart attack can present itself in many different ways. The classic one, I guess, is uh, the pain down the left arm. But my father-in-law at the time uh, uh, had a presentation as a stomach ache, and um, another person had it as a presentation as a as a back ache. And this pain, uh, very close to Christmas, uh, just didn't go away. And uh, I took my uh, wife's advice to go into uh, the emergency department and uh, they um, admitted me and they tracked me. They gave me a few tests, blood and uh, EMG uh, among them. And uh, so I was in hospital at Christmas time for a, uh, a day and a bit. But um, that was a precaution that I took at that time. It's a health scare. Yeah. And a lot of people have uh, heart attacks at Christmas. How do you manage that? I walk on a regular basis. I make sure that I'm, I garden uh, frequently. So nothing strenuous but active. And I think that's the important part when you're getting into your more senior years is to stay active. Well, I was a pretty good hockey player in the day, but I haven't had skates on since I was about 40. Oh, well, that's a I, while. I Take it had, easy. I haven't had my bike uh, repaired in a long time, but I shovel my own snow. I just do oh, it. Oh, you a, have to be careful doing I that. I do that slowly, um, but I do it. So you're not going to be riding in the Ride for Heart? I won't be. What I'm going to be doing is doing a 5K walk beforehand to set the standard, and then people can come out and see you. If adjusted for age, they can beat Norm. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Back to your age, because uh, we're big proponents of, of a new vision of aging. So you're 76, you uh, have a very demanding full-time job. Tell I, me about that. I love it. Um, there isn't anything that happens in the city of Toronto, which has become uh, one of the premier cities of the world, that doesn't in one way or the other pass through City Hall. We are the fourth largest city, as measured by population, in North America. Intellectually, it's uh, very stimulating, and I really enjoy it as well. It gets me out of the house and meeting people from all walks of life, uh, talking with them about the challenges that they have, the dreams that they have, and the degree to which I or council can uh, facilitate them. I often do uh, interviews and podcasts with American audiences. And uh, in one of my latest ones, the interviewer said, well, how old are you? 
inside. <laughs> and I said somewhere between 16 and 19. Oh. And the question then became, well, why 19? And I said, well, I can drink legally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Norm Kelly, thanks so much. Pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you for the time. Norm Kelly has had a varied, successful career, but he really came into his own in an unexpected way when he was well into his 70s. We'll talk about that when we continue our conversation next week. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. A hundred years ago this month, the RMS Lusitania was sunk as a non-combatant in the Great War. When we return, we'll speak to the author of a fictional novel who has a personal connection with that tragedy. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. It's a story of love and resilience with the Great War as the backdrop. Seven Days in May is an historical novel that follows the lives of four people, all with connections to the fateful trip of the RMS Lusitania in 1917. It's a tragedy that Zoomer magazine deputy editor and beauty director Kim Itzo knows well, as her great-grandfather Walter was aboard the ship and was one of the few survivors. She joined me in studio to talk about it. One of the really fascinating aspects of this is that you have a familial connection to this story. I do, but my great-grandfather, Walter Dawson, uh, actually was on the Lusitania and survived the sinking and lived to tell the tale. And so I grew up hearing about the story from my grandmother, his daughter. Well, if he hadn't survived to tell the tale, I guess you you wouldn't be here either. Well, I don't know. Actually, it's interesting because my grandmother was born. She was actually two years old when the Lusitania sank. Uh, they were living in Massachusetts, and he they'd immigrated from England, but he wanted to go back to England to join up for the war because all his brothers were, had joined up. And he set um, my grandmother, who was like two, and his wife, my great-grandmother, on a ship ahead of the Lusitania because he'd heard that the Lusitania was going to be a target, and he couldn't afford his own passage on another ship at that point because they'd already bought the Lusitania passages. So he continued to sail on the Lusitania. So, um, yeah, he met up with them after when he got back to when he got to Ireland and then sailed to uh, England from there. So he had already paid the money and he, wow, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he was just really worried, you know, but I do. <laughs> with I, cause. With just cause, <laughs> just cause, you know, and I guess not everyone listened. I mean, because I guess at that time, though, too, nothing like this had ever happened before that civilians were targeted in, in war. I mean, a lot of people consider the Lusitania the first sort of modern act of terror on a civilian population in the 20th century. Um, people think of it sort of equate the Lusitania with Pearl Harbor or then 9-11, you know. And um, so I think a lot of people in 1915 just didn't believe it when they heard the rumor. And the Germans actually printed a warning in the newspaper uh, warning people that you know, any ship sailing through the war zone could be targeted civilian or otherwise, even neutral flags. And I guess people just were skeptical. People really date, whether it's the sinking of the Titanic or the First World War, usually as the beginning of the 20th century. It's true. And so choosing this, like you're right in there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I chose to do this book because of my great-grandfather. I thought it was a compelling story, and I've always been interested by world history and the world wars in particular. I studied them in university. And I think also I just realized, you know, there's a lot of uh, interest in Titanic to this day. People are really obsessed about it. And it's a fascinating story. It's a tragedy, as we know. But very few people knew about the Lusitania. Not, and they still don't to the same degree. And I think I just wanted to 
you know, bring the story to the forefront again. You know, especially we just passed the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Lusitania. And I just wanted to mark that somehow. Now, did you know uh, basically everything there was to know about your families in the past? Or did you discover more through this process? Well, what was really interesting um, was when I started to reach out to different people who, like, because like, now we have the internet, so there's fan pages on Facebook for everything, including Lusitania. And I actually got introduced to a historian in the, in the United States who's a Lusitania expert. And he actually had, and this is what blew, blew my mind, he actually had a newspaper article about my great-grandfather who was interviewed, I think it was June 1915, after he survived. And I, it's his words of what happened. And that really struck me. It's like it was like crossing time, like listening to what his words sound like. I never met the man. He passed away in 1958. But it was hearing Walters describe that day and trying to save two children from drowning, and he'd lost both of them. And how he's put it into his words was really fascinating to me. It was mm-hmm. very touching. It was very moving. And where did he end up living, Walter? He came back to Canada. Like he went to England. He survived with the First World War. And, and a prisoner of war camp. So he was a scrappy, scrappy guy. And then he and my grandmother and his wife, my great-grandmother, moved back to, moved to Canada. They didn't go back to the U.S. They uh, sail on the Mauritania, Lusitania's sister ship, back to, um, they ended up, I guess, in Halifax and then ended up in Toronto. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So then yeah, he, he worked here and uh, What did houses. he do? Well, mm-hmm. in the novel, I talk mm-hmm. about him uh, doing painting and wallpapering of houses, and that's what he did here in Toronto. In fact, what he started to do, which would have been quite of the moment, is he would start buying houses, uh, redecorating them, and he flipped them. <laughs> <laughs> in the 1920s and 30s, you know, and he would do yeah, decor and, and things like that. Finally, uh, this book seems like it would be a natural to be made for TV or a movie or something like that. Have you started working on that? I have not started working on that, but you're not the first person to say that. And I hope you won't be the last. So, yeah, it is available for option. <laughs> okay. Kimito, thanks so much. Thank you, Libby. Kimitsu's book, Seven Days in May, is available at participating bookstores and online now. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Stevie Wonder turned 67 this week. We'll celebrate his life when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international art state book tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. We begin in Moscow, where the British stage production The Audience has opened. Inna Chirikova plays Queen Elizabeth II in Russian. As well as art, observers say the performance has turned into an act of cultural diplomacy. Building on decades of improved Catholic-Jewish relations, the museums of the Vatican and Rome's ancient Jewish community are hosting a joint exhibit that focuses on the menorah, the seven-armed candelabrum described in the Torah and depicted in Jewish, Catholic, and secular art over the centuries. In London, Irish-Canadian writer Emma Donoghue's adaptation of her best-selling novel and Oscar-nominated film Room has opened in previews at the Theatre Royal Stratford East. The play runs in London until June 3rd, then moves to the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. 
After a three-year hiatus, the Manhattan Cocktail Classic is back on. It's regarded as the premier spirits festival and celebrates the creation of cocktails and the master innovators behind them. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This week, we're celebrating the birth of the one and only Stevie Wonder, who turned 67 on Friday. For decades, he's been one of the world's most beloved musical artists. His career started in the early 60s when, at just 11 years old, he auditioned as a singer for Barry Gordy of Motown Records. He was signed on the spot and went on to become one of Motown's biggest artists. He's recorded a total of 23 studio albums, had more than 30 top 10 hits, and received 25 Grammy Awards, the most ever awarded to a male solo artist. Right now, we'll hear his upbeat, chart-topping hit from 1970. Here's Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. That was Stevie Wonder with Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. Stevie celebrated his 67th birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week when we talk about matters of life and death with noted health journalist Andre Picard. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.